We're getting ready to go to Africa in just a couple of weeks, and we'll be gone for three months. So we're going to Kigoma, Tanzania. So whenever y'all think about us, if you just pray that God would use us and protect us and anoint us, I appreciate it. It's going to be a good time. We went last year, and it was really, it was an amazing trip. It was so different from Mexico, y'all. If you've never been to Africa, you need to go just to experience it. It's really cool. But uh, anyway, that's what we're getting ready to do. We just came back from Mexico last week, another trip. And uh, God is doing incredible things down there. It's, it's amazing how open the people are to hear the Word of God right now. And uh, I'm excited about going. And, and I was telling, telling uh, Cody that we're going to be going back. We're going to come back and plan another trip or probably the first week of January, I would imagine. And I wish your team and Nathan's team could get together and go. I mean, the first week of June, I'm sorry. Sorry, past January. Uh, so it would be really neat if y'all could come down there again. I'm, I'm so indebted to you, to you guys. I'll never forget the trip y'all came down in last, the no, July of 2010, when uh, me and my staff were doing, we'd already done seven weeks of projects in a row. That's from early in the morning to late at night, working. And, and man, we were, we were dead. We were spiritually burnout, we were worn out, we weren't doing good, our team wasn't getting along real well, things weren't going real good, and uh, Eric and Nathan's team came down there, y'all came down, and, and that first night of worship was just like incredible, and the second night, I don't know if y'all remember, but two of my staff got, got baptized in the Holy Spirit that night, and then it really changed them, and, and when y'all left, it's like, like y'all taking a little air pump and just boop, 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 pumped us back up. <laughs> we were ready to go again. It was really neat. But uh, just God bless you guys, you know, for that. I appreciate it. And uh, anyway, a few weeks ago I talked about, about how God has called us into the ministry. And, and that it's our, our obligation to go out and, and to share our lives and our testimonies you know, with the loss and with the poor. And so, as I prayed what to talk about this time, and I was praying, and I was praying, and I was praying, and it's hard for me to come up with a sermon sometimes. It'd be just like, just like if if Eric said, I want you to come up and preach next week. Would that be very hard for you? See, that's how it is for me. People think because I'm a missionary, I've got all these sermons in my mind, I can do all this stuff. But it's hard. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed, and, and then the Lord showed me something that he's been doing in me uh, probably for about the last few years that I've really been studying and praying and trying to put into practice. And, and it concerns taking authority over every thought that comes into your mind. And, and it's, it's uh, uh, learning how to look into the Word of God and find out who you are in Christ and then applying that on a daily basis by recognizing every thought that comes into your mind and then learning how to take authority over every single thought that comes into your mind. And I'm not just talking about thoughts of, of temptation of sin, but I'm talking about every thought, thoughts of fear, thoughts of pride, thoughts of jealousy, thoughts of envy, thoughts of laziness, thoughts of uh, lukewarmness. 
every thought that comes into my mind, I'm learning to evaluate it based on what I know or, or who I am in Christ. And, and that's, that's what He's been doing in me. And I promise you, it's changing my life more than, than anything, except maybe worship and prayer. <laughs> worship and prayer probably changes me more than anything. But, but it, it really does. It's like... Uh, it change, when you start changing how you think, you change the real person on the inside. So that's what I decided to talk about. And, and uh, uh, let's, just, let's just go in prayer before I really start. Let's just pray. You know, Jesus said that, that no man comes to me unless he who sent me draws him. And so principle is that, that we don't receive anything in the spirit realm unless the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to us concerning salvation or anything else. So uh, instead of me just praying, I want you all to pray. I want you all to pray and ask God to open up the eyes of your heart so that the Spirit of God can speak to you this morning. Lord, I didn't even do that for myself. Father, I ask you today that you would come and open up the eyes of my heart, the eyes of my spirit this morning and instruct me, teach me. Let me receive something from you even as I speak. And Lord, for, for my friends here, I'm asking you, Lord God, that, that the spirit of grace, the spirit of wisdom, and the spirit of revelation would come. We welcome you today, Father. We welcome you. We praise you, Father God. We humble ourselves before you and declare that we can't do anything without your help. Lord, we, we were so honored that you would love us and, and that you would be with us. Even this morning, Lord, I, I felt your presence. And I, I just thank you. I thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that we would receive something from you today. Lord, that it, it just wouldn't be a word or just wouldn't be another sermon, Lord. But God, that we would, we would leave this place. Lord, and our minds would be renewed. Father, our hearts would be renewed and strengthened. Lord, that it would affect how we act in this world. Lord, we're asking for this. We're praying for this, Father God. We're praying for you to come, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Father God. Thank you, Father. We worship you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I think the last year the Lord has shown me how powerful and, 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 what, and, and, and how our thoughts... And, and what we meditate on controls our, our life, controls our emotions, controls our, what we do, how we act. It controls so much. And I believe the devil understands this probably more than I do. And so this is why the devil attacks us in our mind. And this is where, where we, can, we can either be defeated or we can have a tremendous victory in, in the battle of our minds. Because this is where the war is. This is where, where the devil is fighting us all the time in our mind. And in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Think how, how incredible it is. As you think, that's what you are. Mm -hmm. and, and I heard that one as I, when I was a teenager, back when I was doing drugs and doing bad stuff. I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't believe that. But it, that ruled over my life for almost 10 or 11 years. And it was. I was what I was thinking. And I was probably just as bad as I was the thoughts that were going through my mind. And and I had to I had to really I had to really take time and start really praying and reading and studying and allowing God to change how I think. 
Because this, this determines everything. It determines how we act. It determines our moods. And, and this is important because this, if you can conquer this, and if you understand the importance of it, it's as simple as I speak and as simple as I talk. And, and you know, I hate coming places where, like this place where there's a, a tremendous speaker like Eric's, a tremendous speaker. You know, y'all probably think that I speak like on a third grade level. But uh, if you can just comprehend how important this, this little message right here is going to be, it'll change your life, I promise you. And it'll empower you and it'll enable you to do what God's called you to do. If you don't conquer this and don't understand this, then you're going to want to do what God tells you to do. But I promise you, you won't be able to do it. So you have to learn to take authority over your mind and the thoughts that, that come into your mind, because that's going to determine how you act and how you think and what you do. A lot of times we're, we're entrapped by our, our thoughts, and we're controlled and hindered and set back and even put in, like in, in a prison because of our thoughts and our mind. But fear is the worst thing. Fear will keep you from doing everything you know, that God wants you to do, and a lot of times we don't even understand that fear is just, it's a spiritual attack that you can take authority over and you can get rid of it. And, and I've proved it in my own life. And I think that, that, that uh, the battle of your mind is, is, is so important that we understand where the attack is coming from and how the devil attacks our mind and learn by the word of God how to defeat it and what to do about it. And so often, what, here's what happens, I promise you, here's what happened to me. I let, because I didn't know the Word of God when I was young, I let the world, the worldly system, the spirit of the world, ungodly people, my peers, I let them dictate who I was and who, what my identity was, and really dictate who I, as a person who I was. And, and I accepted their value systems. Okay? And the, and the values of the world is this. It's, it's, it's something that can never be uh, satisfied. The world tells you that you're either too skinny or you're too fat. You're too tall or you're too short. Or no matter what you look like, you don't look good enough. And no matter how good a football player you are, you could have done better. And you always feel like I did. I always felt kind of discouraged. I always wanted to be bigger and faster so I could play football better. I raced motorcycles. I always wanted to win more trophies because I thought that if I won more trophies, I'd be more valuable. That when I walked out on the racetrack, they'd go, oh, there's Richard, you know. <laughs> but that, now I realize how stupid that is. But I realize how much it controlled my life. And for 10 years, from the time I was 20 to the time I was really 30, I missed almost every Sunday because I was racing motorcycles at motocross worshiping these little idols that I won because the world told me that these things were more important than God. And it's all because I bought into their value system. And I let them dictate what was important to me. And I didn't have control of my thoughts because I didn't know the Word of God. And that's the only way that you can really do that. And, uh, man, the world tries to make you think that if you aren't the best, if you aren't the best looking, if you aren't the most handsome or the most athletic, that you're not worth very much. And, and man, I really bought into that. And this type of thinking causes so much trouble, and here's why. 
Because it causes us to have a, a spirit of rejection all the time, knocking on our, you know, on our brains. A spirit of rejection. And when we feel like we're not good enough, and when we don't do good enough, and if we don't look good enough, what we do is we open up the door and let the spirit of rejection come into our minds and start controlling how we think. And, and I read an article the other day that said the greatest cause of drug abuse, of, of all these other prostitutions, uh, gang membership and all this, is because of a spirit of rejection. And I believe it. Because if we can't be this, if I can't be the best football player on those league, and then I'm going to rebel and I'll just go out and I'll do what I want to do. I'll go out and do drugs or I'll get drunk or I'll try something else. Because, because I didn't realize the Word of God says I'm somebody different. But the world taught me that I, that I had to do this and that. And so uh, too many people believe this. And it's, it's a demonic way of thinking. And it keeps us from fulfilling the purpose that God has for our lives. Amen. That's the whole point of why I'm doing this. My goal in life is to do the purpose of God for myself, to, to do the will of God in my own life. This is what I want to do. And sometimes, you know, when I'm, when I'm speaking at churches, I wonder, what on earth are you doing? You know, why don't you just go out and, and, and do what you usually do? Usually what I do is street ministry. And sometimes I wonder... You know, if I'm doing any good, it was so refreshing to hear Matt say, man, the other day, Wednesday, when you talked, we decided to go out and or start programs or prayer and all this stuff. And I said, oh, boy, this really does work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, even in ministry, the devil tries to inject a false system of values and ways of thinking. You know, if you've ever been around pastors and they're talking to each other, usually one of the first things they do is go, well, how many are you running that? You know? And all that is, is the devil has made us believe, made the pastors believe, that how many people they have in church and, and how big or fancy their building is determines their worth and value as a pastor. See, that's demonic. But see how I see it all the time. And, and it's crazy. And all of these are just illustrations of how the devil tries to, to take control of our thoughts and our minds so that we can't do what God's called us to do. Amen. You know, we have to, as believers, we have to understand where this thinking comes from. And we have to recognize that these types of thoughts, how destructive they are, and recognize that it's a spiritual attack, and then we have to learn, take it on our own responsibility, to learn what the Word of God says so that we can defeat this type of spiritual attack. And uh, God tells us to fight, fight these thoughts, take control of these thoughts, and you do it with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God has the power to defeat every one of these spiritual attacks. But we have to know how to, how to study the Word and, and how to, to dig in and, and find these scriptures that, that tell us who we are define our values, and, and, and empower us to, to, uh, to beat the devil when he comes and tries to tell us that, no, we, we're not worthy. We, look at your life. You shouldn't be doing ministry. Look what you just did last week. You know, when I first got saved, it was when I was 33, uh, I remember I got saved, and it was just a week later. Something happened, and man, I did something bad, and I was going, God, what happened? You know, why did I do that? And the devil started speaking to me. He goes, 
you're not really saved. Look what you just did. You don't deserve to be, you know, to have God love you or anything. You know, as a baby Christian, and but I knew one thing. I said, yeah, you're right. I don't. But God said that Jesus died for me, and that, and that He forgave me of my sins. And I know I don't deserve it. But see, if I'd listened to the devil, I probably would have just gone right back. You know, maybe just left church because I was real discouraged. I couldn't figure out why I did that. Now I understand when you're when you're born again, your spirit's born again, but your brain's not born again. So you still have the same old habits and thoughts. You have to renew your mind, and that takes takes a while. It's a process. But uh, in prayer and meditating on the Word, that's the key to it. This is how you learn to take authority over every thought. Let's turn to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter ten. I want y'all to read something. There, there. Hang on, fast. <laughs> you know, I knew y'all were so fast. I'm on my Bible, so. I don't want y'all to beat me. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this. It says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So... The Word of God is our weapon. And as we pray, that's how we fight. And we fight with, with prayer and, and with the Word. And by doing this, we can take authority over every demon. And we need to let it shape our image, our self-image. We need to let it shape our emotions. And, and uh, if you don't do that, what happens, I promise you, if you don't do that, think on these things and... and, and uh, Spend time in prayer. Spend time meditating on the Word. What happens is you'll unconsciously accept the value system that the devil is, is placed on this world. It's an unconscious acceptance. Otherwise, these pastors wouldn't be asking those questions and, and then feeling bad when they say, well, I only got 50, and the other guy goes, well, I got 100. <laughs> you know? It's something that we just unconsciously accept the things that we've learned, that we've heard from all kinds of ungodly sources. <clears throat> I promise you, if you don't renew your mind in the Word of God, your, your mind will be ruled by the flesh. And if, you're, if your mind is full of flesh or ruled by the flesh, you're going to sin in your mind. You will, I promise you. Sins of, sins of thought, lust, greed, selfishness, Jealousy, anger, bitterness, all these things are things of the flesh that, that, uh, that will take authority over your mind if you don't allow the Word of God, if you don't know the Word of God to come in and do something inside of you. I want to read this to you because it's not in the NIVs, Romans 12, 2. It says, Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. He's going to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God's Word changes your thinking. He changes your thought patterns. And He gives you the ability to put all this into action. And uh, you can experience victory in this because what happens is you start believing in a whole different value system. 
God gives you a whole different value system to judge every thought by. And, and then he teaches you or tells you that you have to put it into action. And uh, one of the biggest problems, I promise you, is in the Christian world that we don't even recognize that this is a spiritual battle that's causing us to think and do what we do. We just think that that's how things are. We think that this is how I am. You know, I have these thoughts, this is who I am. I'm, I'm always angry. Why? You know, one time uh, I was laying in bed and Gail was, you know, laying there and she said, are you happy? And I went, you know, I was, I'd been awake for a while and I went, no, I'm not happy. And she said, why? And I said, I don't even know. <laughs> and in the past, I wouldn't even recognize those thoughts. But now I started thinking about it and I went, man. If, if you're feeling so, some way and there's really no explanation for why it is and know for sure that the devil is attacking you, he's trying to control your moods and your thoughts. And so I was smart enough to, you know, go up in my office, turn on my worship music, start praying and worshiping and taking authority over the spirit of <coughs> discouragement. And, and I refused to accept those thoughts into my mind and I started telling myself, what does God say about myself? You know, what does God say about me? And as I did that, it, it changed everything. And so you see, we have to recognize that it's, that it's a spiritual attack. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, yeah, I'm sure you know, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbeliever so that they cannot see the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ to His image of God. See, this is true in salvation, and most of us know that, but I believe that the devil blinds us in other principles of the Bible so that we can't understand that principle. And I believe spiritual warfare is one of the area that he's been the most successful in it. There's, there's a spiritual battle going on in your mind every single day of your life. The devil is attacking you. And you, you go, oh no. <laughs> you know? But it's no big deal. Because as your mind is renewed in Christ and as you start thinking the right way and as you start declaring the Word of God over your life, he has no hold over you, and He can't control you at all. He can't even control your thoughts. And as, as I've started doing this, what happens at first, when I very first started doing this, I noticed that I was still having these thoughts, like anger thoughts or anything, and I would say, I reject that in the name of Jesus, and then five minutes later, it'd come back. But see, as you, as you learn to do this, there's a process of doing it, declaring the Word of God, and a process of rejecting it and everything, that every time it gets a little easier. And I think the devil has a little bit harder time making you accept things. And, and the devil isn't as successful as affecting your mood and everything as it used to be because now you're, you're practicing this and you're learning how to do this. You know, the devil says, I mean, the Bible has told us to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You're resisting by taking authority over your thoughts. Amen. Let's turn to Philippians 4. Chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. Oh, too fast. <laughs> Verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So he's telling you what to focus your mind on. And anytime you're focusing on things that aren't lovely, that aren't good, aren't true, then learn to reject it. 
It says, whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. This is a principle of God and it's, it's incredible that His peace, His freedom from anxiety and everything else comes as we start focusing on that which is pure, noble, good, holy, righteous, and all these things. We start focusing on these things. It says if we do that, then we can have God's peace. And if you'll do this, here's, here's His promise right here. It says if you'll focus your mind on these things, God's peace will be with you. If you focus your mind on ungodly things, the peace of God is going to leave you, I promise you. This is a principle of God of spiritual warfare that's incredibly powerful. And, and, and I've proven it in my own life that you can be a totally different person from who, from who the devil you know, tries to make you believe you are. Because when I was in my 20s, I was really probably exactly what he said I was. <laughs> But when I got saved at 33, I started renewing my mind and started a process of changing how I thought and taking in, putting into practice, taking authority over these thoughts, and it's really helped. <coughs> I've got a friend that uh, he grew up and he was really short. He's pretty short. And when he was small, he was even shorter than the other guys when he was small. He said that it affected his whole life. He said he had real low self-esteem. He didn't... He didn't like himself. He just, he just didn't like himself. He grew up, went to college, became a minister. He said it still messed him up. But he said he, said he, started, he started searching the scriptures to find out what God said about him instead of what he thought about himself, instead of, of what the world was telling him. And he said he started seeing all these scriptures that just started describing who he was. And, and it transformed his thinking. It transformed his life. He said, every time the devil would try to come and tell me that I'm no good and I don't measure up, he says that, that he started declaring, he said that, that God said that I was created in the image of God. That in Christ I can do supernatural things. And that he said that I'm a joint heir of Christ and that God calls me his son. He says that Jesus loved me so much that he died for me. And that he said he... He'd say, quote, they say, God said I'm so special that he wrote my name on the palms of his hand. And that his thoughts towards me are so many that they're uncountable. And, and he started telling me that he used to focus on these things and he wrote them down. He would read them and he would memorize them and he would declare them over himself. And it's changed his life. Now he's as, he's as bold as a lion. And he doesn't care what people think about him because he knows that he's doing the will of God. This is spiritual war. Doing what he did, that's spiritual war. And I promise you, this is how you, you have victory over the devil and how it empowers you to do what God's called you to do. Okay? God has given us every single thing that we need in life. For goodness, for life, for faith. He's given us everything. He's given us His Word. He says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And that faith has the power to destroy every negative thought pattern that you've ever developed over your entire life. Okay? Because you think about it, uh, how horrible some conditions are for some, some people. You think about a, a little boy that grows up in a home where the, where the father always tells him, you're not going to amount to nothing. 
you're no good, you're worthless, you're going to wind up like your brother on drugs and dead. You think about what that does to him as he grows up. He grows up as a young man and he, he's angry and he's hurt. He's had negative junk filled into his brain all of his life. He probably rebels because a spirit of rejection now controls his life. And he starts doing drugs and, he, and everything that can happen to him. But thank goodness what, what happens is it's like his parents' words have squeezed him into this little box that dictates who he is. And it holds him captive. But praise God, God gives us his word. And if this little boy will start declaring who God says he is and starts reading who God says he is and seeing himself the way God says he is, the word of God has the power to destroy that spirit and destroy those thought patterns, even though they've been in his life all his life, the Word of God has the power to destroy those negative thought patterns and free him from the mental prison that he's been living in all his life. Yeah. And it's incredible how God can do that. He can free, he can free you, set you free, and be free in your mind. It's amazing. You know, I was praying Friday night. I said, God, is there anything else you want me to say? What do you want me to do? I'll delete, I'll add, whatever. Father, you know, I pray a lot about what I'm talking about. And the Lord showed me, he said, Richard, I want you to say this. He said, there's a lot of girls that uh, have experienced a lot of bad things. And said, a lot of them have been sexually assaulted. <coughs> and, and I have no idea if any of y'all have ever experienced that or if you know anybody that does. But he showed me that when that happens, that someone assaults them physically, then the devil comes in and assaults them spiritually. Yeah. Almost every time. And it's, the Lord told me it's like the devil steals the beauty of their innocence in their own mind. That's the exact words that the Lord gave me. It's, it says when, the, when the, the devil comes and attacks her spiritually, he steals the beauty of her innocence in her own mind. And he steals her inner peace. And he holds, he holds her captive in their mind for life, possibly. And it's like Satan comes and, and steals or, or he holds their identity hostage. And he does it by controlling their thoughts and controlling how they see themselves. And this can happen, can be like that for the rest of their lives. It doesn't have to be, but a lot of them are. And a lot of them see themselves as defeated and worthless and helpless to rid themselves of this mental torture that they go through. And... and what the Lord wanted me to say, I don't know to who or to whatever, is that uh, it doesn't have to be this way. The first thing they have to do is recognize, you know, that this is a, a spiritual attack that I'm going through. And he gave me a verse for these girls. It's Isaiah 61.3. He said that he would bestow on them a, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And that he'd give them the oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And, and the Lord wants them, wants to give them a revelation of who they are in Christ. Listen to me. He wants to give them a revelation of who they are in Christ. Because in Christ, their inner beauty and innocence is restored. And in Christ, the spirit of sadness is forced to leave. And in Christ, their joy and peace will be renewed and the spirit of despair will be destroyed. 
as they renew their minds in the Word of God and see themselves the way Christ does, they can destroy the hold that Satan has on them. And, and they can destroy they can destroy the negative impact of what's happened in their minds. And here's the most important thing. Then when they do that, they start seeing this. It gives them the ability to forgive the person that's hurt. That's probably the most incredible thing of all that God is going to do. As you learn who you are in Christ, it, it gives you the ability to forgive when a lot of times you won't be able to otherwise. But, you know, if, if they understand that it's a demonic attack and that the Word of God has the power to destroy it, that's something that, that they have to understand. We've got to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. The way God sees you. He sees you holy and without blemish. He says that, that He's your Father and that you're His Son and that you're His daughter. And He sees you as beautiful because you were created in His own image. And, and that, that the world loves you based on what you do, but God loves you unconditionally. And the, and the Word of God is our only source that it really gives us the truth of who we are. And the Word of God is how we need to shape our minds and, and shape our thoughts and our feelings. And Because it's so hard, it's almost impossible to measure up to what the world forces us to believe and try to measure up to. You know, I, this is so true because you think about it, y'all have been in Mexico, and I've been in Mexico, I've seen Mexican families that live in the worst possible conditions in little bitty shacks, and their circumstances are as bad as you could ever imagine, and yet some of these families are the most happy, content families you'll ever see. Their little kids are more happy than the American kids are. And, and what it does is it proves that our thoughts and, and, and what we believe and, and what we, how we see the world controls our joy and our peace. And in Acts chapter 15, it talks about how Paul and Silas had been imprisoned. They had been beaten with whips and then their legs were in stocks and their, I think their hands were in chains. And so you'd think that they'd have a right to be mad <laughs> and in a bad mood. But it says in, in the middle of the night they were worshiping and praising. And when you worship and pray, it, it gets rid of anger. It gets rid of all those feelings. And it, it brings in the oil of joy, the spirit of joy. And, and it proves that our joy and our contentment isn't based on outward circumstances and situations. It's all about what you allow to stay up here. What you allow into your mind and what you, what you believe in and what you, what you meditate on. You know, sometimes I get discouraged and sometimes I, I feel unhappy, just like I said before, but I don't allow it to stay anymore. I take authority over it as soon as I start recognizing it. And I start declaring what God says over me. And I start declaring the Word of God. And if, if, I, start, if I start feeling like, you know, who am I to even be able to get up here and speak, then I start declaring things like, you know, God can use someone just like me, no matter how... You know, silly I might seem. God can use me because He's given me a message, a message. And I don't have to be a great speaker. I don't have to be a great anything. All I have to do is have a right heart and a message from God. And He's freed me from these things. Uh, and I used to, 
if I was, if I was, you know, going to a church where I knew there's an incredible pastor going to be listening to me, man, I absolutely would not want to get up. And if he'd asked me to speak, I said, oh, I'm going to be out of town. Where are you going? I said, I don't know, but I'll be somewhere. <laughs> but God has delivered me from a spirit of fear and a spirit of pride. And it's really incredible. You know, the devil tries so hard to control your mind and put all these crazy thoughts in your head for one main reason. And what it is, he wants to stop you from accomplishing what God's called you to do. That's the whole reason why he wars in your mind. But you got to remember something. God didn't just save you so that He could get you into heaven. That's one thing. The first time I heard that, I go, yeah, He did. But He didn't. Salvation is a lot more broad and a lot more encompassing than just us going to heaven. He created us and He saved us because He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And I want to show it to you. 2 Corinthians. Meet you. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5. He's got a plan for your life. Verse 17, chapter 5. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And all this is, is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And listen, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that God reconciled the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he, was and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. So there's a process. This is a process. First, He created us. Then He got us. He saved us. He put a brand new spirit in us. And we're a totally new creation in Christ when that happens. And then He renews our mind as we study the Word of God. And then it changes how we think and how we act. And then it motivates us, this motivates us, to go out and do the plans and the purposes of God. So it's a process that we have to go through. And some people get saved and they wonder, well, why don't I want to do this? Why am I not like that? And it's because they haven't gone through the process yet of renewing their mind and allowing God to change how they think so that they can do that. And what's bad is, is this is really weird, that it's even after, you, I hate this, even after you go through all this process, the devil still doesn't stop. He still tries to control your minds and your thoughts. And that's why you have to stay connected to God daily. Okay? On the days that you don't spend in prayer, in worshiping, and ministering, and reading the Word of God, what you're doing is you're counting on yesterday's anointing to fight the battle for today. You're, you're counting on yesterday's gun that might be, you'd already shot all the bullets yesterday, and there you are with your gun, and the devil's attacking, you think you're going to shoot some more, but you don't have any bullets because you hadn't prayed, and you hadn't worshipped, and you hadn't studied the Word of God. Yeah. It's a daily thing that you've got to do. And, and the devil's working really hard trying to destroy uh, your faith, trying to destroy your joy. Uh, one of the things he does constantly is... is uh, he, he tries to make you feel unworthy. In other words, when we as Christians, you know, we're trying not to sin. But sometimes we sin. And the devil rubs your nose in it. You know, and he won't let you forget it. 
And he reminds you of it. And what he does is he's trying to make you feel unworthy. He's trying to make you believe that God has not forgiven you and that, he's not, that you're not worthy of his love and forgiveness. That's how the devil wars in your mind when you sin. Okay? Makes you try to makes you feel like you're unworthy of his mercy. And uh, even though you've repented and asked God for forgiveness, sometimes the devil is successful in keeping us from believing and receiving his mercy. What he does is he kills our faith so that we can't receive anything. And guilt wrecks our faith. And it makes us feel unworthy to minister to others. And uh, it's, it's a war. It's a war to destroy your faith. Because everything that we receive is by faith. We receive forgiveness of sins by faith. If he can make you feel unworthy, if he can make you believe that God really hasn't forgiven you, then you're going to feel guilty and unworthy and you won't be able to do what God's called you to do. And so this is one of his greatest, I think, attacks. And when the devil comes and tries to do that to me, and he does, just he does the same to me as anybody else, if I do something wrong, he does the same thing right here, especially if it's something that I've had to repent of like five times in the last month, then it really starts getting bad. But I start declaring God's word, I, Ephesians 1, 7, and I tell the devil, in him I have redemption through the blood of Christ and the forgiveness of my sins. I tell the devil that. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what I tell the devil. And I tell him that, that in Hebrews chapter 10 it says that, that God's promise that he's not going to remember my sins anymore. And this is a great one, Hebrews 9.14. I tell the devil that see, God has told me that he would cleanse my conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. In other words, it says that he's going to get rid of our guilt from our sins so that we can serve the living God. He said that his mercies are new each day. When I start, when the, or when the devil starts really rubbing my nose in that, this is what I quote over it. This is what I quote over my mind. And what this does is it's, it's changing how I think. And it's building faith. And it's allowing me to receive. What it does is it, is it, changes, it changes my mind so that I can receive mercy. So that I have a revelation of his mercy in my own heart. And, <laughs> and another, another weapon that the devil uses is, is pride. He's, he's really, this is one real weakness of men. Some people think that they're really good. That really wasn't my case. In my case, pride was that I didn't want to do anything that would make me look stupid or foolish in other people's eyes. You know, that would really get me. And all that is, it's a spirit of fear, a fear of men. It's a form of pride. And that's how the devil really ruled over my life. I remember one time I was racing as an expert. And, and it was real muddy and I went... We were practicing. I took off. I only went about 20 yards. I spun around, fell down in the mud. And when I got up, my goggles were completely closed. I couldn't see. <laughs> and all these people were on the side laughing their heads off. And it embarrassed me so bad, I just pushed my motorcycle off the track. <laughs> and so the devil knew that he could control me by making me always remember those kind of stupid things. And, uh, you know, I had to... I had to learn what the devil was doing and, and I, had to, I had to start taking authority over those type of thoughts and, 
I would tell, I would tell the devil to shut up. I'd say, I'm, I refuse to accept that thought. Amen. What does God say? Yeah, and and then I read in 1 Corinthians 4 9, this really freaked me up. It says Paul, Paul was talking about how so many people felt or thought that the apostles were fools. You know, a lot of those people thought that the apostles were foolish, yeah. crazy, and, and they were mistreated, but it didn't stop him. He didn't let any of that bother him. And so I read that and I said, man, if Paul can do that, I can do that too. And boy, it freed me up and, and uh, it, changed, it changed how I thought. And, uh, you know, now I can get up in, in front of people and I don't really care, you know, what they think. As long as I have a message from God, you know, and I'm trying to do my best. Yeah. <clears throat> but if, if we don't, understand all this, we'll just start accepting the thoughts, the values of this world. And God said that the truth of His Word is the only thing that will set us free from this. And this is what He's done in me. I promise you this has been, working on this has, has been the most powerful thing that I think that I've, that I've experienced as far as freeing me up to do what God's called me to do. And this is what He wants to do for you. What I've learned to do is I've started feeding my spirit with truth and I've started starving my flesh by rejecting every ungodly thought that comes into my mind. And if you'll do that, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. You feed your spirit with the truth and the Word of God and you starve your spirit by rejecting every ungodly thought. And I'm, I'm going to close with I just want to just tell you that, that it's a process that we have to go through of allowing God to change how we think and what we believe about ourselves. And, uh, man, I used, to, I used to think that way exactly the way the world trained me to think. But, man, praise God, I don't, I don't have to live that way anymore. And I don't live that way anymore. Amen. And you don't have to live that way anymore. Amen. And God has a plan and a purpose to change you, to, to use you and... and and He wants to renew your mind so that you can go out and minister to the world. There's so many people that need Jesus and there's so many people in the world that don't, don't know who they are in Christ. So they, even though they're Christians, they still live kind of a defeated life. They're not really free because they don't understand who they are in Christ. This is so important. And uh, I just want to take some time just to spend some time in prayer. I don't know, does your worship team ever come up at the end? Oh, really? And we're going to spend some time praying, <coughs> worshiping, and and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to pray that, that, that the God of wisdom and revelation gives you a, an understanding of all these little things that we've talked about because they're so important. <coughs> And God wants to do something so powerful in your life. So let's pray and then, then we can start worshiping. Father, we come to you today. And we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us your word that gives us freedom. So, Lord, we declare your word over our lives. That it will take root in our hearts and in our minds. Father, that we, that we won't be the same anymore. But Lord God, we take authority over every spirit that comes against us. Over every thought that doesn't come in line with your word. 
And we ask, Lord, that you'd teach us how to war in our mind, war, war against the spirit of this world. And that, that he'll not have control of our minds. He'll not control our thoughts. He'll not hold us captive in any way. Father, renew our hearts and minds and give us a revelation of who we are in Christ. Lord, I pray that you give us a hope and a desire to study your word. To study your word every day. To declare your word over our minds, over our children, over our lives, over our families every day. Give us a hunger for these things, God. Let us understand that this, this is the key to victory or defeat right here in our minds. This is what allows us, gives us power to do your word, Father. Help us to understand. God, we humble ourselves. We need you. We're desperate for your help. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come to have your way in our lives. To come have your way in our heart, in our mind, God. And Father, I pray that not one of us will leave this building the same as we came in. But Father, your word, Lord, will change how we think. Give us wisdom and understanding. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us victory. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to live in defeat. Thank you, Father, that we're free in our minds and in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that, you, that you've given us the oil of joy instead of a spirit of sadness. Thank you, Father, that you freed us and delivered us from discouragement. Delivered us, Father, from fear. Thank you, Jesus. If anybody wants prayer or if y'all want to come to the altar, do whatever you want. But just as we worship, let's ask, continue in prayer. As we worship, continue in prayer and ask God to do something in your heart. And if you want prayer, just ask and we'll pray. If you want to come to the altar and they'll do whatever you want to do. Let's just spend some time worshiping and praying. Thank you, Father.